Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic, medium, and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. Recently, my wellness and prosperity coach, friend Kendall Lijun, and I sat down and had an interesting conversation about New Year resolutions and law of attraction. And we got into some interesting topics around manifesting and my personal tips for using it in the new year. So stick around and listen in on this very informative episode, How to Manifest Your Goals in the New Year with Kindillusion. you know, like I made a list, like you saw my, my vision board, right? I told, I gave you my Uh vision board earlier. So I was, you you can't just have pictures and not have a follow through because without the follow through, there's nothing. It's just a picture. So for example, like the first one that I wrote leisurely lifestyle, what does that mean? And how can I contribute to bringing that about? So I have like eight things written down, like number one, one to two days a week where I do absolutely nothing and anything goes. So I'm supposed to give myself at least two days a week of nothing being, needing to be done on those days. No chores, no nothing, because in order for you to have a leisurely lifestyle, to feel leisurely, you can't have something hanging over your head waiting for you to do it, waiting for you to do it. And if I want to even know what it feels like to have a leisurely lifestyle, I'm going to have to practice it in the best way possible. So I can't give myself seven days off a week, so I can at least give myself two. That is within my power, within my control. So I'm going to try to schedule myself so that I always have two days off where there are do-nothing days. There's no e-readings, there's no connecting with other people about anything else that has to do with work or business. It's simply just me getting up, doing whatever I feel the need to do that day, whether it's watching three or four hours of TV or going for a walk and then sitting that staring out at the sky. But it has to be leisurely, something where there's really no time-based activity or energy being pulled into. It's just leisurely energy. So one or two days a week. That. So I can give myself that to, you know, now I just have to learn how to schedule myself so that I can have more of those days where I can experience that. Because once I start to identify what it actually feels like, what it looks like, and how I can incorporate more and more of it, I'm by, subconsciously I'm going to incorporate more and more of it because I enjoy more of it. I'm also going to get more comfortable with what that feels like because the more comfortable you get with something and how it feels regularly, consistently, the more it becomes a part of your makeup, the more it becomes a part of your rhythm, and then you feel more the need to support that behavior and that activity. So that's that. Um Another thing is what to take two to three hours in the morning to gradually prepare for work or day's activities. I'm already doing that, but now it's intentionally planned scheduled time to literally wake up and do nothing and gradually get myself to the point of I can work, I can do this. I can work and do something like this. Uh, number three, try to avoid living on a set schedule and go with the flow, avoid alarms. So trying to avoid setting alarms for myself. So instead of me being abruptly woken up or, or affected by something that is telling me you have to do this against your natural rhythm, plan everything around my natural rhythm so that I can just stick with the natural rhythm and feel that more leisurely pace. Because if I'm having to wake up at six or seven o'clock every morning because of an alarm clock, then it's going to fuck with me and make me think that I'm forced to do something I don't want to do. And the alarm is, is simply a representation of stop doing what you're choosing to do now, do this instead. No, I want to do what I'm doing now. And I want to naturally move towards that when I'm ready. So knowing my natural rhythm, base everything around my natural rhythm because it's, again, a leisurely lifestyle. 
style. Um, delegate any responsibilities, tasks not needing to be completed by you directly and direct it to Roxy or my team. So in other words, hypothetically, if we weren't friends and she was, I needed to get this completed, completed the whole situation with us doing the recording, I would just say, Hey, Roxy, this is what's happening this day. I need you to make sure you check, check with so-and-so and so-and-so and confirm the day of. So that way I'm not caught off guard when I'm ready to shoot whatever. So I can delegate that to her. So whatever I can delegate what that I'm not already delegating, delegate to her, even if it's the smallest task or the smallest thing. And it's funny I because it. I don't have to deal with drama, like client drama regularly, but when it happens, I'm like, Oh, because I, I'm not used to it. And it is a shock for right. me that, Hey, this is what's going on. Can you take care of this? And she took care of it. She handled it for me. It was nice because she corrected all of that and was the, the middle, the middle guy, the middleman between us. So it worked out. So I was able to like hand, just hand that over to her. And for me, that was a big deal. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like being a pill right now. She's like, this is nothing. She's like, this is like, you literally bug me like once every few months and that's it. So it's like not a big deal. That's awesome. So for her, like going through the emails every day is not a big deal because she already knows what to expect. She already knows the, the, you know, so for me, it's like cool. And it makes me feel better because it makes me feel like I delegated it out. I have an assistant and I can use my assistant for more things. Right. Um, So is this what we would call an OBM, an online business manager? Like Roxy, Roxy, I guess so. Yeah, because I mean, I th- I just think of her as an assistant, but I've never assistant. called her like an like an online an OBGYN. I never called her that. So <laughs> <laughs> she's delivering babies. Yeah, she sure is. My babies, my babies. <laughs> um, so there was that. So there was another one. So the more I delegate out, the less I have to do. The more leisurely I can be. Um, number five, fall asleep feeling no pressure to do anything or feel feeling grateful for the leisurely lifestyle. When you fall asleep, most people think about their problems or they're thinking about, oh shit, I got to pay that tomorrow. Oh shit, I got to get up and do this. Or oh shit, I got to, or oh shit. So it's usually an oh shit experience when you're going to sleep because you realize the shit you didn't get done that day, the shit you should have gotten done that day and the shit you wish you were rather doing. So it's an oh shit sleep period. And for me, I would rather go to sleep chatting with a friend or watching an episode of something on my pad next to me or just listening to an ASMR, knowing that I have absolutely no reason to go to sleep at that time other than just because I'm tired and I'm sleepy and I'm ready to go to sleep and I can sleep as long as I want to. I don't have to get sleep for any particular reason other than just because I enjoy sleeping. And so that's the point of going to sleep in that mode because it immediately reduces that extra bullshit that we normally are dealing with like if you were working a nine to five and so trying to reduce the nine to five vibe and making it so that I, I do feel like I'm more in control. I am someone who is very financially in a good place and I can afford to go to sleep feeling that way, but it's been, it's taken energy work to get me to that point. So it's not like, Oh, well, you're just lucky that you can sleep in that mode. No, like I've had to work years to get to this point. This has been, right. this is an earned experience for me. You don't get to right. skip the steps ahead. Head because the <laughs> most of the people who skip the steps of head, it's going to catch up to them because they still have to pay their dues in one way or another. And when you are working energetically towards something, you are paying your dues by doing the work. If you energetically align with something in a moment of, in a moment of lack to a moment of complete fulfillment in that way, you still have to make up the workload. It's going to come back and 
bite you in the ass because you're gonna have to make it up rather quickly so you don't get to skip the in-between work you still have to do that so for me it's like i don't just get to embrace it and accept or receive what all these things are i've had to work towards it and i have to make it up at some point or another so that's why most people who win the lottery within years they're broke and they have no money because they didn't do the necessary energetic alignment work to reach that level of prosperity so they could not hold on to the prosperity the prosperity came went and they simply miss that chance that opportunity to maintain that to to sustain that so you have to do the work right so i have to tell you mm -hmm. i'm so intrigued by what you're saying right now because um everything that you're saying i, I i'll just go ahead and say that's kind of my lifestyle mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. and i feel bad saying that because it makes me feel like a lazy person right and um, but I feel like it's not necessarily by choice. And I, I hate to sound like this is an excuse because the story that I told myself and I continue to tell myself is that this is an excuse what I'm about to say, but, um, I have worked enough jobs to know and God, this sounds, I hate even saying this out loud, but I've worked enough jobs to know I am not cut out for a nine to five mm -hmm. at all. Like when I sit down and I have a realistic talk with myself, I'm like, Kendall, you, your schedule is so sporadic. Yeah. Like I honestly cannot, I cannot like commit to, um, like waking hours right. because what they are one week are going to be completely different the other week. Yeah. This was, this was the, so I think I told you that I, I did that event where I was on the video screen for those girls for the podcast girls mm -hmm. and that was one of the questions that came up because they were talking about how well one of the girls on the podcast actually she's going to be a guest on my on my podcast she um was in conflict because she felt the need to be hustling every minute of every day because that's what's drummed into you by these entrepreneurs and these makers and sure. shakers and blah 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 right so she had gotten to a point where she mentally just crashed and it she burnt out she burnt herself out she gave too much energy to people and to things that literally sucked her dry and she had nothing left there was no creative energy within you and being at that place where you're sucked dry creatively you have nothing to expand into you have nothing that draws you into expansion energetically is a rough spot because you're it, it, you have to find a way to reignite that desire for growth and for expansion if you can't find a way to reignite that then you're going to implode and you're actually going to do the opposite and you'll get smaller and you'll actually do a reversal of everything you've done to that point and mm -hmm. so what i suggested to her is mm, i disagree with you i do not agree with this nine to five mentality and most of the millennials don't either because they're like "Fuck that like this is not the lifestyle i want to live i don't want to be like my mom or my dad or my grandparents where they worked all their lives they saved most of their lives and then they ended up with all these health issues and died too too soon to enjoy all that hard work or they just they don't know who they are after they've given up all of their life's work so right so i right. suggested to her well it comes down to what works for you because i've realized a nine to five is not my my lifestyle if i'm dying and i'm starving to death yes i will do a nine to five if i have to but i'm in a position where i don't have to now and i can shift my energy to where i needed to go are you starving to death every day no do you have a home 
Yes. Do you have a roof over your head? You have warmth. You have you have coolness and in, in the heat. Okay. Yeah. But that means that the universe has obviously provided the means for you to have your basic elements met and so your right. basic needs are met and so the universe is telling you based off of the evidence but that's not what, what you need to be doing you don't need to do that because the reason for that is to pay for all this shit that's already paid for so why do you want to do that when that energy needs to go to what you're trying to create and manifest not what you are thinking you should be like because everybody else right. is stuck in that same loop so sure. you know you know jesus walked amongst the people because Jesus understood some of their issues, but he didn't go making the same mistakes they made. He just simply said, no, 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 no. This is what will fix your issue. Go and do this, you know, right. and then come back to me and right. then I'll coach you. Cause that's what Jesus was. He was an energy and life coach. So that's essentially what I told her. I said, you know, stop trying to go against the grain of what you're, where you're at right now. Right now you're, you're depleted. You're empty. So, there's nothing left in you to give. And the more you just continue to give, you're burning out the motor further and you're just completely fucking yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah. So instead mm -hmm. of going to a nervous breakdown mode, focus more on, okay, well, what can I take off my plate? Okay, now that I've taken those things off my plate, I'm just gonna show up, do the work for the basics that I need to because she still has to pay bills. And then the rest of my time, the rest of my energy, completely open it up and let yourself just be in the moment for whatever it is. If in that day you feel like doing this, go do that. If in that day you just wanna lay on the couch and watch TV, then do that. But you need to just completely surrender to what you're feeling because you can't reconnect to something you've lost until you learn to re-identify what that is. And so that will give her the energy and the time to re-identify and reconnect with herself. And then when she gets that boost, she can go after it again. So right. that's what I suggested, which is why for people who are like trying to become like these, these leisurely, I want to call it, what there's a there's a term that needs to be made for that because they're not entrepreneurs. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a leisurely, um, oh gosh, a leisurely lifestyle man, uh, influencer. I don't know what the hell I am. Well, leisurely yeah. lifestyle person, you know. But in order for you to know what that is, in order for you to start to build towards that, you have to start to connect with it as much as possible without bankrupting yourself. And so for you because that is your natural rhythm don't fight your natural rhythm embrace right. it and build your life goals around it because i've known and heard enough stories about people who were able to achieve amazing things um without having to go by the normal route of doing it by how everybody right. else is done. there's a reason why donald trump has bankrupted himself several times now and it still bounced back up that just as easily because he probably lives by a different set of rules than most people who go bankrupt Right, right. So it's exactly. obviously worked for him in that way. So it's the same thing. So, you know, yep. so don't yep. fight your natural rhythm. I would say go with it because that is who you naturally are. And not only that, but it consider it practice for the lifestyle you're choosing to lead, not a guilty pleasure for the lifestyle you don't. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's See? good. That's good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't fight it. I would embrace what's right. coming naturally to you. That has sort of been my newly adopted motto for mm. this season of my life, if you will, mm. is the whole um, stop trying to fight it. Mm -hmm. Just stop trying to fight mm -hmm. things because, you know, a lot of people talk about um, 
you know, expectations of other people, mm-hmm. like what they feel pressured to do something that they don't necessarily feel they want to be doing because of other people pressuring them and saying that you well, you should be doing this or you ought to be doing this. Right. I don't necessarily have that. What I realized is I had such a strong expectation of what I place upon myself. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily outside people. It's my own expectations. And so this season has really been about throwing the should word out of the window and and really thinking about, well, who am I and why am I doing these things right. and how do I embrace it? And I can tell you that through doing that, I am g- starting to get a lot more comfortable and a lot more well, it's not more, it's not comfortable. It's just, um, it's a lot more apparent when I choose things that are not in alignment with what I want to do and who I am. Usually it's like, uh, maybe I don't want to be doing it, but I do it anyway. Right. 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 Now there are situations that I can't take myself out of right now because I've already committed to them, you know, like a year ago. And, and, that comes up with a lot of different things with working with certain people. And you know, when, when those feelings come up now, I can say, I can trust that intuition. I can trust that feeling of, uh, of the rub, you know, that's, that's, uh, going against the grain of what I should be doing mm-hmm. for myself and mm-hmm. in, in alignment. So I feel so much better when I move in the direction of those decisions versus how I used to go about doing it. Yeah, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I am in that season right now of just trying to figure out who I am and what makes me tick, because I realized I really didn't know. Mm. You well, know? you base it around what you feel spoiled by, even if it's a self action or a mm-hmm. self self um, fulfilling prophecy. Like spoil yourself by giving yourself the things you just really want, and just is even the little things. Just give yourself as often as possible the little things and build it up into bigger experiences. You know, oh, so that's, good. that's really good. Because yeah. if you can do that, if you build it in, it starts to become the norm. And there's a reason why there are people who walk around and they're like so spoiled. You can tell that people go out of their way for them and they're like, why? Like, why are they so special? What makes them so special? You know, and The more I've done this, the more that's becoming my experience where people are just naturally nicer to me or they go out of their way for me in a way that is normally just like, that's weird. Or why are they being so nice to me? And now I'm like, oh, okay. The universe is is affecting the situation to give me something that is for me only. You know, like when I was driving down to Texas, to Houston, we stopped at a Bucky's and there were these guys straight up backwooded guys is always like oh shit like they're gonna like you know if i see them in the bathroom they're gonna hurt me you know so (laughs) beat my ass but one of them and there's you know if you go into the buckies there's like two doors and there was like these doors you open um it wasn't buckies it was a pilot because it was yeah it's totally it's a different different place pilot because buckies has the sliding doors these other places have these opening doors right so i walked up to the first one and i was getting ready to open my own door and one of the guys went and opened it for me and he didn't have any weird look on his face He, he didn't look like he was doing it for out of any other reason just to be nice to me and i was like 
okay. And then his buddy right in front of him saw me come in, saw his friend open the door for for me and then open the door for me as well. So I literally had no, and I, cause I was like, I don't want to touch anything. I don't want germs. Right. So I'm like <laughs> in the mindset of like, as little as I can avoid touching anything, that way I can retain the, the flu, you know, I don't want to get the flu. So I was already prepared to touch the, the handles. I was already prepared for how I was going to wash my hands or how I was going to. And so when I walked through and the first guy opened the door for me, I was like, interesting. Okay. This is an enjoyable experience. Then the second one guy did it and I was like, interesting. All right. This is an enjoyable experience. And so people were moving out of the way and doing things for me that I had never asked for, but it was just being done for me. Um, right before we went on to Houston, when I went to the AT&T store, I just walked in and apparently now you have to go and have an appointment because if you don't yeah. have an appointment, you have to wait about an hour and a half or two hours for whatever. Right. right? So I walked in there and I'm like, okay, I already know that that's the case. I'm prepared to wait as long as it's going to take. I know that I'm going to walk away with something that I'm satisfied with. So it's worth the the effort for me. Time is, is the investment here. This is the only price I have to pay. I don't have to worry about the cost of it. I don't have to worry about the plan. It's just the time that it's going to take to get what I want. And if I went to Albuquerque and I went to the Apple store, it's an hour and a half there doing that. So it's not a big deal. So, you know, that's the way right. I rationalize it because yeah. I don't want the work that I'm doing or the effort that I take to to be more than it actually is. So I always reduce the effort impact to me. So that way I see it as a benefit versus something that hinders me. Right. So I was already prepared mentally, but that's the mental energy work that I do before I do something, even if it's subtle and small, but it, I do it often enough that it applies to everything that I'm doing. So I go in there and I'm there. I mix. There's a family over here. There's a bunch of people over here. There's only two sales guy. There looks like there seems to be several people waiting. I'm like, it's going to be a while. Ah, fuck it. So I'm just there on my phone doing whatever, just like thinking about things. And, you know, I even wrote a journal entry. I was, that's just how much time I had. And so like, I was there for 10 minutes and this guy walks up and he's like, and the, the family that were there that obviously were there a long time. Cause they'd been sitting down for a while. He comes up to me and he's like, I will be with you guys in just a moment. He's next and points to me. And I'm just like, he's like, yeah, I've got four people in head, ahead of you guys, but I've got him next. And I was like, okay. And so had I been an asshole, I would have been like, I had an appointment, sorry guys, you know, had I been an asshole. Right. But I was like, no, because my kindness will be repaid and I want them to experience something kind in their lives, even if it's just the only gesture they get today. So I said, no, 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 sir, that isn't correct. They were here before me. They need to be next. I will wait my turn. And so, and the lady looks at me and she's like all surprised that I said that and reacted that way. And she's like, oh, thank you. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, everywhere I go, people are always wanting to do stuff for me. I just can never get them to stop. <laughs> and they just were cracking up and laughing. But, but that was it. But more and more of those experiences keep happening because the universe is lining up with the sense of I love, I love, I love. I receive that in return, but it's in little gestures and little things. And so when you know, there was a, on that, podcasts where they were they were in that um auditorium with those people that were sitting there one of the questions that was asked when i was on the screen was you know how do you know like what are the signs that you get when you're in alignment i'm like well there's two different types of signs there's two different versions you know you have the alignment signs which are little gestures and little nods from the universe that you're definitely lining up with what you're wanting because you're getting more of it in smaller and smaller and smaller reflections around you and then there mm -hmm. are the are the signs where the universe is obviously telling you that what you're doing is not 
the path you're supposed to be on. And so if you're going down that path, that's a more painful experience and those signs are more more painful. They're supposed to be because the only way you're going to pay attention and you're going to act is if you're uncomfortable and you're feeling some sort of pain. So that's a catalyst for change. So if you're doing something and you keep feeling pain and suffering or stress or anxiety or anger or whatever, those negative emotions are your signs from the universe. It's telling you this is not who you are. This does not line up with who you are, who you know yourself to be or choose to be change directions. And if you continue to perpetuate that, it's your own damn fault. You chose that at that point. So I try to listen to those experiences. So whenever I have an experience like that, it is so impactful now because I don't experience those things often that I immediately do something to shift the direction of my energy so that whatever I do after that, I'm going to reduce the potential of that reoccurring while increasing the opposite for myself as best as I can, as effectively as I can. So that's a sign from the universe. And usually it starts off it starts off as little itty bitty moments of discomfort. And then at some point it's going to turn into a full blown painful experience that might even become traumatic because you didn't listen and pay attention and follow your internal guidance system, which are your emotions. So you go in the direction of what you want to manifest or what you're wanting to, do, to, to achieve. You're going to get little nods from the universe. You're on the right path. If I want a leisurely lifestyle, all of a sudden people are being leisurely with me or friends are paying for my first class ticket for free because they want me to have that experience as a birthday gift or this or that starts to happen and it automatically lines you up with what you are intending to do for yourself but those are the little knots that you get because the little knots build up to a massive transformative experience and then by the point by the time you've actually transformed and become this new version of yourself you will be so used to it and so comfortable with that, that when you look back at who you used to be, you cannot even relate to that individual because the the feelings that person had, those thoughts that they maintained, the way that they reacted to stuff in life was very different from who you are today. So for me, when I experience a moment where something goes awry, it is a lot more impactful for me than, than two or three years ago or five years ago, because that was my norm. That is no longer right. my norm. My state of being has completely shifted and changed. Mm -hmm. So it's a just a reminder of, ooh, I'm no longer aligned with that bullshit or that's no longer who I am. And it's a nice reminder of well, how much, how far you've come and how much you've done. So mm -hmm. I remember- That's very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when money was on my mind every day and I used to think about it every day and now, it's not. And if it's on my mind, maybe one day or a couple of days a month. But if it is, it's not like it's the majority of my experience. My majority of my experience is still very much a different way. And so for me, it's like, okay, cool. And so you get, you build up to that point. You go build up to that point. Even if at first you have to lie to yourself and pretend like what your reality is, is not your reality to make you feel better. But sometimes just the delusion is more helpful than action when you're at a low point in your life. So the right. illusion of a reality and a perceived reality is much better for you than trying to take action at something that obviously isn't gonna be a big impactful change if you just take that one action. So you said that um, you rarely think about money, maybe mm -hmm. once or twice a mm -hmm. month, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if that's a reality that, you know, I don't want to think about money because I don't have to. I feel everything is taken care of. I don't mm -hmm. have to worry, think about money, mm -hmm. right? 
So obviously, if I'm constantly thinking about more ways to make money, mm-hmm. then that's that contradicts what I want to right. what I want to experience. It's, right? it's, it's, it's strategy doesn't require that much energy investment. Strategy is just a follow through of an action or behavior that supports the desired goal. And so if you're focusing and obsessing on the strategy, then you actually begin to negate the strategy, the work, because you're constantly reminding yourself based on the strategy that you don't have that, or that is way further away, that's away from you. And so when people focus more on the strategy and become obsessed about it, they're negating the effort that the strategy would have had. And there's actually a video, um, I forgot his name. There's a really cute guy. He's finally letting his hair grow out. He used to wear the same shirt. He always does these manifestation and law of attraction videos on YouTube. For God's Aaron. Name. Aaron, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, you know Aaron. Hadi yeah. Hadi Aaron. Okay, so Aaron was just talking about that. How you have to because he's he's learned through his research over the last few after the last actually during the last year that having a, a sense of significance and importance over something actually begins to push it away from you. It has to be something that is just there. And that's what I'm saying is I don't believe in, okay, if I'm starting as a poor person and I want to become this person who doesn't have to worry about money, then I have to visualize being a millionaire. No, you don't necessarily have to be a millionaire to be a prosperous, financially prosperous person. I'm not. So what can you do to get as close to those feelings of, of having without the sense of constantly focusing on lack? What can you do to get you there? And so I suggest instead of focusing on ideas that you can you'll never be able to relate to unless you are actually in those situations, reach for anything you can relate to and build into that. If going to a Olive Garden is more expensive than going to McDonald's, and that's a huge big thing for you, then start to build in a once a month or twice a month Olive Garden dinner and give yourself a sense of pain a little bit more for a meal. And then when you get to the Olive Garden, and that's like, Olive Garden is trash. The food sucks, you know, except right. for the breadsticks, right? So Olive Garden is crap. It's really not the top of the line. Okay, what's the next highest version of what you can give yourself there? Okay, well, I can go to Magiano's or I can go to Pico de Buco de Pepo or wherever because it's a little bit... It's a little bit different, a little more authentic, authentic, but it also feels like it's more special than the Olive Garden. Okay, cool. Right. You can go to that. Okay, now what's the next thing you can do? Well, it's not something I can do often. I can probably do it once every couple of months, but I can go to this really nice restaurant at the Four Seasons. They sell they sell Italian and a bunch of other stuff. Um, it's probably going to cost a buttload, but I think I can save up enough once a month to give myself that experience. Okay, then do that because I would rather you go to a once in a month or once in every two month meal at the four seasons going to practice identifying and aligning with what the energy and the vibe is there versus Mm -hmm. going 25 times to mcdonald's and only having the continuous reflection of what you're trying to get away from so it's one of those quality versus quantity and over time you do enough quality and the quant the quantity of the quality increases and you're going to get better at doing more of it because it's going to become a norm for you and then these other things are just going to feel like nah, i don't i only eat mcdonald's like four times a year and really is the only the only time i eat mcdonald's is four times a year so right. it changes but it's a gradual 
progression in that direction. So you you grow into the state of being you're wishing to manifest, the, the, the place you're wanting to get to. You build into it. You don't wish for, you know, okay, I'm at one. I'm going to go to 10 really fast. Right, right, right. Even if you get to 10, you're probably not going to be able to hold on to 10 unless you know what 10 is like. You better start getting ready for what 10 is like because if you're not ready for what 10 is going to be like, actually like not the – fantasized version of it because everybody who's manifesting right. has a fantasized version of what they're wanting to manifest. The fantasized version is not a real version and it's probably not going to look anything like that. It has to be a, a version of it that you can identify with, that you can relate to. So a relatable version. So whatever desires you have, whatever dreams you have, whatever manifestations you want, find the, find the version you can, you can identify with, the one that you can relate to. The relatable version of your ideal manifestation and then start reaching for that because once you start to build into that and reach for that it's going to become a reality it's just a matter of time but it's mm. all about what does that look like how does that feel what is that going to be like when you're there which is completely illogical mm -hmm. from a like reality standpoint perceived reality standpoint, meaning, you know, I'll, I'll give you the perfect example. When I was focused on just doing what I love to do, mm -hmm. the money took care of itself. Right. I, I never thought about money ever. And then I said, you know what? I would like more money. Mm -hmm. So if I, if I made this much without even thinking about it, what if I actually thought about it and actively pursued money? Mm. Then my finances started going down. Right. And I didn't understand that because I was like, I'm not playing anymore right. with my career. Like now I'm actually pursuing money and I can't, I can't seem to get any traction with it. Right. This is why, right? Because yeah. I'm thinking about it so much. Yeah. And to me, that's not, I mean, I understand, I understand the principles of it. It's just, that's how I fell into the trap. Right. Well, right. you know, also, you know, there are a lot of wealthy people out there who are cash poor, but investment rich, which mm -hmm. means they honestly do not have the money to live the lifestyle that is perceived at their bracket, at their tax bracket, because right. they never learned how to manage prosperity. They never learned how to be prosperous. They just learned how to be rich. Being rich, it means you have a lot of money and resources and you have to find ways of retaining or holding on to that. Being mm -hmm. prosperous means you have an ongoing series of methods that will continuously give to you that which sus will sustain the lifestyle that you enjoy. And so you get the so in other words, learning to be prosperous is going to serve you a lot better than learning to be rich because learning to be rich is finite and is based on numbers. Learning to be prosperous isn't based on numbers. It's based on energy. And so it's constant as long as you are constant, as long as the energy and the investment is constant. So I know I've met quite a few rich people over the years and they don't really seem very rich once you look at the numbers because I had this one lady where, I mean, she and her family, they owned, you know, the former ranch that was owned by the president, George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And yet she didn't really have the money to just go out and splurge. They would have to, right. they had, they did the, the rich people, um, 
the, the rich person strategy, which is you, you, you borrow money from this account, you put it into this account, you move money around. You're constantly moving money around. There isn't an account where it constantly has an endless supply of money that is constantly flowing in. So learning right. to do that, that's learning to be prosperous. Learning to be rich, anybody can learn to be rich, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a prosperous person. They may still be worth a shitload of money, but that doesn't mean that they can just pull their hand into, put their pan in their pocket and pull out a wad of, you know, hundreds or thousands because that's not the kind of wealth that they are sustaining. They are just rich on a numerical level, not on right. an energetic or lifestyle level. Mm, so yeah. I know yeah. a lot of people who are like, hey, I went and I got this card got declined and the husband's like, Oh, hold on, hold on. And then he moves $10,000 in. I would love to just have somebody move in $10,000. That's great. But at the same time, they've not learned how to be prosperous. They've just learned how to be rich. So right. being prosperous means that account will never reach a low account amount of that way because over time you've learned how to have a constant flow of money and resources. So it's not one of those things. So for me, even where I'm at, and I'm nowhere near the level of rich, but where I'm at, well, in Mexico, you take me to Mexico, I'm considered to be a wealthy person. But <laughs> So I can go to the store and buy groceries and not be so concerned most times, not be concerned, oh shit, I don't have enough in my account to cover all of that, or I have to put something back or whatever. I don't have to think that way because that's not the energy that I've learned how to sustain and maintain. Okay, so let me ask you this really mm -hmm. small detail question. Yeah, Just thinking about putting it into practice, right? So I'm the type of person that when I go to the grocery store, I don't care how much is in my account. Like I will never say I'm not going to buy X food item because I don't have enough money in my account. Mm -hmm. But I am the type of person that knows exactly how much every single item is. When it's checked out, I will watch. Like I will never just like be on my phone. Right. Like I will watch and see exactly how much it rings up. Right. Because if it's 10 cents more expensive, if it rings up 10 cents higher, I will say something about it. Right. Just the kind of person I am. Right. Now, the question is, is that energetically keeping me where I am versus being the kind of person that that kind of thing shouldn't matter? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that takes it depends on how you look at it because it's all about perspective if you are someone who sees the value in the dollar or the value in a quarter and you know that it is all valuable and it's all worth something then it's going to take more work for someone like you to build that just because energetically it's a it's a non-logical system in other words it's based off of the moment, the situation, and the variables that affect all of that. So someone like you who is numerically driven, who likes to see it in numbers and scales and blah, 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 you'll be paying a lot more attention to the scale than someone who just goes away for a little bit, does the workout, looks good, and then they, they show up in something nice, dressed, dressed nicely. So you're going to pay more attention to those things. So it's going to take a little bit more effort for you to shift energetically just because you are fixated on those numbers. You want to see it in the evidence and everything that you're doing. Someone like me, I don't care about the details as much, which is funny because in Starbucks, I was super detail oriented, but I don't care about details as much anymore. I can walk into a room and it might be a completely different setup. I may not right away recognize it until like, wait a minute, something's different unless it's a big enough change. If it's not a big enough change, it's not going to have an impact on me. doesn't directly relate to me as a person. So for right, me, right. if I go to the store, grocery store, I might have automatic, I may have accidentally paid 
three times as much for something because it didn't scan correctly because I wasn't paying attention to what was being scanned. I was just present. I was like, I have the money to pay for this and someone's bagging it for me. Great. Someone can bag it for me today. Yay. I don't have to bag my own shit. You know, that's what right. I'm more focused on. So for me, it's not about the numbers because I know that no matter what it's going to, not only that, but it, it also helps when I buy the same basic shit every week, day in, day out. And so right. when we have it on an app that says this is how much you're expecting to pay. And then I see myself paying less than that. I'm like, Oh, cool. I paid way less than what I would thought I was going to pay. So for me, those little tricks help me to pay more attention to how I feel in that moment, being present with these people, than mm -hmm. what is, what is being calculated? What is being, you know, that's Ed. Ed will sit there and look at that. Um, I won't, it's not important enough for me, even if I'm overcharged for a watermelon, I'm not going to let that take away my sense of prosperity and sense of wealth. And I'm not going to let it be such an effect and such a stealing away from me because it's like, I've got enough to go around. That one little thing isn't going to obliterate me. So I'm so fine. To, yeah. I was about to ask you that because sometimes it does feel like, like I kind of, I kind of am on this fine line at times mm -hmm. with that kind of thing. So like if I'm overcharged, one of two, th I will feel, I will be pissed, mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. I will be pissed. And it will be because of one of two reasons. One, it will be, I feel like something was taken from me. Mm -hmm. Which is magnifying which is the lack. sense of lack from the universe, right? right? Right. Or I feel like I'm not being a good steward of what I have. Mm. So I feel like I'm subconsciously mm -hmm. saying I don't care enough about this or I'm not mm -hmm. grateful enough about the resources that I have right. that I can just let it just go away and not really like be doing my due diligence to make sure that it's not being just taken away. Right. Which I understand is another lack right. principle. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, I mean, the, you know, you're, you're the Warren Buffett where I think there was the article, he still cuts his own hair and he still lives in the same house that he bought. Right. To, right which right, I'm right. like, mm, I don't believe the article because you can't be that rich and just live in a neighborhood like that and not think that yeah. you're not going to need extra resources to protect yourself. Exactly. You definitely exactly. do not live in that house. I'm sure you live in a completely different property. I'm sure that property's value. Yeah. I'm sure that property is probably worth a shitload of money that you've just kept and used for other reasons. I mean, it's a tax break, whatever. So, right, right, and right, I'm right. sure you, you know, you, you cut your own hair. If your maid cuts your hair, it's not technically you still cutting your own hair. Exactly. So, so especially if, if your maid knows how to do it, it's been doing it for the last 25 years and is already paid for it. So right. you have to think about so some of that paying. stuff. Yeah. So yeah. you're still paying for it. So no. So, so you, the more important you give something of value, the more power it has on you because you're basically giving it more value than what it may actually be worth. And mm -hmm. so for someone, a dollar for me, it's just a piece of paper and it represents wealth and represents money. It represents resource, but that's all it really represents to me. However, if I take a piece, if I take a $1 bill and rip it up, it's not going to affect my wealth or prosperity because if you are in a place of abundance, you can take a big enough hit and still be prosperous and, and abundant. There are a lot of people who are wealthy as shit out there and have been sued, pay they have to pay, and yet they still have their wealth in abundance. So right. it's one of those, you know, what versus if that were happening to you, you would have been obliterated by that whole experience because you would have seen it as something completely different than someone who's oh, just yeah. not so fixated on that. Yeah. 
Like I, I have examples going through my mind mm-hmm. right now. Like for example, when I stop and put gas mm-hmm. somewhere, I look at the price, right? And then if I'm driving down the road after I put my gas, mm-hmm. If I see it cheaper somewhere else, mm-hmm. I'll calculate how much it would have been. See, that's how much I would have that saved. right there. That perfect example. I so know. right away, you're telling, you're doing two things. See, had you done that, you're already automatically saying to the universe, "You fucked me over," <laughs> and you're telling yourself you're not aligned. You automatically just did the opposite for yourself. Yep. If yep. I saw that, I would have been like, "I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I could afford it." And that's it. And keep on rolling. Right, because for me, right, it is right. nothing. It is not going to dent my wealth and prosperity. And I was right. lucky enough to do it. That's right. where you get to. So that's why they always say like, the more you give, the more you receive. It's true. When you're giving authentically from a place of prosperity and not from a place of guilt, responsibility or obligation. It works, right, but right, it, right, it has right. to be under certain conditions. And so when you yeah. give, yes, it has to be from a place of, of, of divine purity in observance of what you really are, not of what you feel the need to have to do because of circumstances or conditioning. Right. And that's a principle that's in one of those books that you, um, that you suggested to me by Genevieve Davis, mm-hmm. the Becoming Rich book, where yeah. she literally talks about, you know, the best advice that she can give someone mm-hmm. to make more to make more money is to make money. Right. Exactly. Because the more, yeah. The more. You yeah. Make if money, you are broke and you're sitting around waiting for the universe to bring you a thousand dollars, but you don't want to get up and get a job, you need to get up and get a job because the feeling of right. having money flowing in, even though you might be doing work that you really don't want to do, but it, how much are you offsetting because even if you're going to a job that you don't enjoy, but you're still seeing the money, the benefit, you're no longer fixating so much about the money part. Now you can use that energy to focus on something else because it's not about making more money. It's about doing something that is going to generate income for you, but you feeling the need and the passion to put in the energy and time into that work. It's the work that's going to get you prosperous, not the goal of not of being prosperous. This is the same framework that you apply to anything because this is all about, this is manifestational, strategy this is this is the way you do it and most people think it's like i've got to think about something and then something's going to come up and get me going in that direction nick no you got to think about something and then follow through with anything on your end that can help to support that vibe and then Uh the universe will bring you more opportunities to step into that and then you keep stepping in and keep stepping in until at some point you're in the damn you know you're in the mercedes or whatever so you keep stepping towards it so this is the problem with our clients who keep not being able to find people that they can connect with like on a dating in a dating way or in a romantic way because they keep focusing on the relationships that didn't work they keep thinking about the relationships that didn't work they keep obsessing about being rejected or about someone not seeing their value or about someone having that opportunity and still choosing not to go with them or the hurt or the pain or how much they feel owed because they went through that hurt or pain. And the idea is that hurt and pain is deserving of a a free get out of jail card. And no, you don't get that free. You don't get that perk 
unless you actually see the value in the trauma or in the pain and make a change because of it. If you don't make a change because of it and you continue to perpetuate the same stuff that led you to that to begin with, you are deserving of, that is your, that is your perk. The pain is your perk. The trauma right, is your right, perk. Right, and right. so if you keep obsessing about the relationship that ended 20 years ago and how it still causes you so much pain and it affected your level of trust with people and blah, 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 you're only reiterating and magnifying the lack of love and relationship and connection to other people in your life. And you're going to keep getting the same type over and over and over again. So it's the same. It's just, it's applicable in that same way with romance, right. with other things as well. We're talking about new year's resolutions. We're talking about setting your intentions. I was telling you earlier, or talking to you about doing my vision board, which is something that I do right. every single year. And for me, my vision board is my way of aligning myself with what it is that I'm wishing to achieve. And what I've noticed over five or six years of doing vision boards is that my vision board doesn't usually happen within that year. It usually takes two years for that to also start to manifest in the way that I had expected. So a vision board that I created this year, I probably won't see it all completely fully realized until 2022. So, so that's the way it works because it takes me it, you have to a vision board is simple and a lot of people don't they over complicate it or they don't understand the complexity or the, the value of a vision board and it's simple you put things on there that reflect how you would feel if this were true and so it has to be a representation of something if it were true which is why i always suggest using pictures because when you use a picture of someone doing something that you can identify with you can start to reach for what that's going to feel like what that's going to look like so for me I post, I usually make a vision board with like six pictures. I try to limit it to six or seven, but around six pictures of the different areas of my life that I want to encompass or that I want to to manifest. And so like I have one picture of a guy on an airplane and he's looking out the window, he's got his earbuds in and he's just, and I put right underneath it, easy travel um, or convenient travel. And the reason why is because I know what that means to me. That means next year, this next year or the new year 2020 i won't have to worry about driving anywhere unless i really want to drive i can just get on a plane and fly there and so the intention is okay what do i need to do to make sure that for the holidays i can just fly two hours less than two hours and be there not waste time driving what can i do so i made a list of the things that i can do and so i was looking at okay what cards give me the best points if i need to get a new card i have an american express why don't i just transfer that over to a different um, one that has better points do i need to just go ahead and look at the prices now since it's early enough so all those different things that i can do to fulfill that but that's what it is for me and so once i actually ha and that's a, for some people that might be a little thing for me it's like shit when you have a few thousand dollars that you just spent on dental work and you didn't spend that on plane tickets it makes a difference because then you have to drive right and so that's yep, so for me it's yep. like okay i'm going to do that early in the year so that way i know the tickets are bought they're, they're paid for and then when i take the trips I'm immediately taken back to what I was wanting to feel like when I saw this, but it's also going to amplify because I'm giving myself an experience that, that allows me to feel that even more so as often as possible. And so that's, that's what you do. So it's a self-fulfilling manifestation because the more of it you do or gain, the more you will see it 
show up in your life. So for me, a vision board has to represent something that I can identify with, that I can reach for, and that there's steps I can take to get to that point. So that's what I was telling you earlier. I was listing like, okay, if I want a leisurely lifestyle, you know, I need to at least have one or two days a week that I can give myself where I'm doing absolutely nothing. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just get up, do whatever you want, and then go to sleep and go to sleep feeling well. And that's it. But just doing more of that, that's more than I had five years ago when I was working, you know, when I was still working, hustling and everything. So it's just a build up to it. So that's what I think the purpose of the vision board serves for me and why it works very well for me. I love that. So the question that I have is um, a very uh, actionable question, Mm -hmm. like a very tangible question Mm -hmm. for you. So what do you use to create your vision board? Mm -hmm. And then how do you organize your, um, like the list of the things that you can do? Mm -hmm. Like, do you like, can I see a visual of that? Or like, can you just screenshot something or Mm -hmm. what does it look like? Yeah. So whenever I do a vision board, um, what I, what I use, and I used to use like, you know, like you have the photo editing, like on windows, you'd have the photo paint, paint, whatever the one that it came with, you can put a picture in there and then you can draw stuff. So in the earlier days, that's what I used to use. I used to use the paint, uh, software on windows back when I was doing vision boards in the beginning stages before technology was as advanced as it was, I just go and find pictures online of things that I liked and I would create these categories and you have a correct category for love, a category for money or wealth, a category or finances, a category for work or career, and then a category for your own personal sense of happiness and what would make you happy. And so those were my four categories. So I would always put pictures on there. I'd find pictures of something that represented those four categories for me. So for example, you know, work for me, I love what I do because I do it so well, but I also want to remind myself of why I'm doing it and what purpose it serves. So if I go and find a picture of someone on a stage talking to groups of people and the looks on their faces are of awe or of like, oh my gosh, that's so inspiring or whatever, that ref- that represents what I'm what I'm do, why I'm doing this, what, what, what this is for me. So I'll take that picture. Like the earlier days, I had a picture of John Edwards. He was on stage. His back looked like my back because of the outfit he was wearing. I'm like, that's me. And so I would use it and I put it on there. My working career represents this. And so in that year, I actually did have a lot of in-person speaking engagements and stuff that I was doing that year. But, um, I find things that represent or that, that reflect the end result, which is what I want to feel. It's not about what, do I want to manifest? It's what do I want to manifest that I can feel a certain way? And so that's the premise off of it. So I find pictures, I put it on the vision board. Don't overcomplicate it. Make it very simple. Limit it to like six or seven pictures. And if you're going to use words, make sure that the words are directly correlated to the image that you're using. Don't have random words like prosperity and wealth and rich and whatever, because that's just, that's, it means nothing to you. You have no emotional attachment to that. So to, in a sense, you want to make sure that what you are using you have an emotional tie to it feels like something that would feel good to you, but you don't want to have such an obsession obsession over it that that's exactly what you want. And you're not going to be happy unless you have that exact thing. You don't want that level of attachment to the end result. So that's what my first vision boards were starting off as now. Like I go online and I'll go to Canva, uh, canva.com 
and I use Canva for my vision boards because I can, okay, what, what my, my desktop, I look at my desktop every single day, my laptop, my MacBook, I look at it every day. They have backgrounds. So I use my background as my vision board because it's an easy way for me to see it every day. And even though I may not think about it every day, I'm still going to see it every day and seeing it every day, experiencing it every day. That's what makes a difference because it becomes a part of your normal experience. Okay. I know why I see that. I know what that picture represents. I know what that big, and even for a slight second, if you feel something similar to what you're seeing in that picture, it's still something that you're doing automatically as the more you see it. So reminders to do it, to feel it, but not reminders to only be it. Um, so it's got to come across that way. So I use Canva. So for me, Canva is the way to do it. And like, I just, in Canva is cool because you can do free stuff on Canva. You can, it's totally free, but if you have the paid subscription, you can also like have a lot of extra stuff as well. The list that you create, mm -hmm. is that just like in a separate document? Mm -hmm. it's not yeah. So board. once you do your vision board, you have your the things you're wanting to embody there. Then you have to come up with strategies. How can I, how can I get as close to that as possible? Not how can I achieve that? How can I get as close to feeling that as possible? So there's a difference. Most people are like, what can I do to achieve that? It's not so much about achieving something as what can I do that helps me to feel that as often as possible? So if there's an image like on here, there's a guy, I put an image because I want to become more focused on yoga and staying slim and being healthy. And right now I'm walking every day, but you know, sometimes I can't walk and I don't really want to get on the treadmill. I'd rather do some yoga. So for me, it's going to be either it's a walk day or it's it's a yoga day. So instead of focusing or emphasizing it has to be yoga, it has to be yoga, I have the I have the option. I can do one or the other. And so I've got an image of a guy doing yoga here. So what I can do to follow through with that is I can give myself one or two yoga days a week where I just like, okay, I plan to do yoga on Monday. If I don't feel like doing it, I'm still going to walk. I'm still doing something that keeps me healthy. He keeps me slim. Sure. I'll just walk. But if I feel inspired to do yoga that day, then I want to have a yoga session ready for me. So that way, if I'm ready to do it, or I even feel the inclination to, I can just walk over to the, to the space I'm going to do it and click on that one video that's going to get me through my session. And I'm also going to do a mini version of it. So instead of trying to do a big version, I do a mini version of it, like a, a five minute yoga session or 10 minute yoga session. That way I can say, I did yoga today. It's five minutes or 10 minutes, but I still did yoga today, you know? Right, but that right, way right. it starts to get me into the habit of seeing myself do it every day. Not only that, but then I might take a picture of myself doing a particular pose or, or doing a yoga stance or whatever, and then post it. So if I used, if I do that, not only am I focusing on the image that I used for my vision board. Now I'm actually seeing myself in that same experience. And then I can identify more with the person doing the work. So more of that as well. What else can I do to get more used to yoga where I can do some stretching? You, you know, stre yoga is a form of stretching and you have to build into these very intricate poses. So maybe throughout the day, if I can just like stretch a little bit more, stretch my arms, stretch my whatever I can do just to feel the stretching, that's going to make me feel like I'm stretching. I'm already stretching when I'm doing yoga. So it's not going to feel that different from just me sitting on the couch watching TV and doing a stretch or something. So those right. little things right. will build me up to, okay, I'm going to do yoga every day. Because for me, it's not about, okay, today I'm going to do yoga. I start doing yoga and I'm staying consistent for the rest of my life. It doesn't work that way for me. I have to build into it. I have to build into it. And once I do enough of it, I'm practically doing it anyways. I might as well just do it. And it feels better anyways, just to go ahead and knock it out. And that's, that's why I walk every day because it took me walking every few days and then all of a sudden doing more of it and then doing more. And then finally, it just, now I look forward to my walks because it makes me, even though I don't want to do it when I am sitting inside and like, I don't want to go out there and walk. But then once I walk, I'm like, I really love this. I'm glad I'm doing this. 
For sure, yeah. And what you're doing is it's just smart habit creation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you, I know so many people that have an all or nothing mentality. So mm-hmm. like if they, if they fall off of their diet one day, then it's like, well, everything else is screwed. Yeah. And, and then they are less inclined to get back on the next day. Right. And then they are no longer a person who watches what they eat. Right. Thanks for energetically tuning in. To follow Kendo Illusion or to know more about his work, simply go to his website at www.kendall-lusion.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-L-E-J-E-U-N-E.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, then like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website at www.fernandamarone.com for additional content, updates, articles, and more. Till next time, kiddos, and I hope you have yourselves a namaste.